You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. There's the music that means it's time for Animal Talk. We're here to help you with your pets and have some fun along the way. Oh, we're having a snow day. It is uh, wild and wicked out there and uh, rocking it here. We're going to dip back into the archives and do an Animal Talk Rewind uh, while we got the studio time and the space. Jumping on back, a couple of interviews that uh, we've been on doing this for years and years and uh, they're just kind of sitting in the computer now because... Uh, time to share them again so pulling them out and uh, gonna share them with you now so having some fun on animal talk talking about what you do to your animals and what your animals do to you it's animal talk helping you with your pets that's what we're here that's what we're all about and my producer <laughs> way to go book to guess right it sounds like an intriguing book my cat won't bark and uh so we figured, hey, great let's get kevin on the line and and talk to him uh because this should be a, a pretty interesting thing about pet behavior guess what uh smarty pants <laughs> it's not about pet behavior <laughs> it's about people and relationships kevin's great though so we're going to talk to kevin here coming up and uh he's great and his book like i said is my cat won't bark a relationship epiphany and uh our producers are gonna get their stuff in one central pile and <laughs> we're gonna figure it out but this should be fun we're gonna talk to kevin anyway so let's get to kevin joining us today we got kevin he is the author of a book called My Cat Won't Bark. It's a Relationship Epiphany. Kevin, I, I love the metaphor. And uh, what, are, what are you trying to tell me, that, that uh, you can't change people? Exactly. <laughs> so many people ask me, uh, what does the title mean? And essentially, it is about learning to approach relationships with complete awareness, having realistic expectations, and using self-empowerment techniques. Just as it's unlikely a cat is going to bark, it's unlikely your mate is going to change. <laughs> so in the Chicago area, you are uh, a dating uh, expert, advice examiner, right? Right, for examiner.com. And uh, you, you help people with their uh, relationships. What are, are some of the biggest pitfalls as, as someone heads into a, a relationship and as far as getting that cat to bark? Yeah, I think uh, initially the the major thing I come across is people never took the time to sit down and do the introspective thinking to figure out, first of all, who they are and what it is they want and need in a mate before they pursue a relationship. So when you don't do that, it's kind of hard to recognize uh, the traits you're looking for in someone else. Um, and then you just tend to rely on your chemistry when you first meet them. And we know that that doesn't usually work. <laughs> the chemistry is not the answer? No, that doesn't work, unfortunately. Okay, so how, how do you, what, so setting chemistry aside, how, how do you find that mate? What should you do? Yeah, once you figure out uh, all the, the traits that you consider important in a mate, then it becomes easier for you to identify that as you go through the dating process, you know, 
naturally there are some things that everybody's looking for, such as honesty and integrity. Um, you also want to identify uh, if you have the same relationship goals early on as well. And these are things that chemistry alone, uh, oftentimes you ignore. Uh, I mentioned in the book there's a parent-child type of mentality that goes on. When you're first attracted to someone, you think they're hot, <laughs> you'll almost do anything they suggest. Sure. You know, for instance, if she says, I'll have two tickets to the ballet, even though you hate the ballet, if you're into her, you're going to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so these are things that a year later when she has two tickets, you're going to say, no, nah, go ahead and call one of your friends. <laughs> uh, so how do, you, how do you find the balance there, Kevin? Where, where, where do you find the balance in that? Well, I have an exercise in the book where I try to get people to, uh, for lack of a better word, create a, their ideal profile of a mate. And I want them to get as granular as possible where you identify not just the traits that you, you want in them, but imagine how that person lives or where they would live if they live in the city, uh, if they live in the suburbs, uh, if they go to a particular gym, uh, what type of store they might shop at. And then once you go through that whole process, essentially you get to a point where you almost know where that individual would be. And so the next step is for you to be there. But a very important step that I mentioned in there is uh, transference, which essentially is imagine you being that other person looking back out at yourself and saying, would you want you for a mate? <laughs> uh, so how much work would you say a person should do on themselves before they go looking for a mate? Well, I often say most of us fail our way to success when it comes to relationships. <laughs> I mean, if we didn't, we'd all be married to our high school sweethearts. So. Uh -huh. Some of it, you can't avoid uh, some trial and error because you have to evolve over time to figure out what it is you want. So uh, the book ideally is for somebody who's maybe had a few heartbreaks. They've gotten to a point where they're, they're ready to look at it from an analytical standpoint a little bit more than just going with the flow of their emotion. Living in a digital world, uh, there's so much online and, and the online experience, and there's a, a lot of online dating and a lot online help. Do you see those as a, a good thing? Because the, the, the things you were mentioning that you mentioned in the book, doing a laundry list, sound like a lot of those questions that you, you get on one of those dating sites. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great, especially myself being a baby boomer. Um, I can't imagine if I was single, I wouldn't want to be standing out at some nightclub hoping they pick me so I can get inside. <laughs> I think the beautiful thing about online dating is it allows like a busy professional to sit down, go through some profiles, and kind of correspond with people. Um, I definitely recommend having a, a process much like our employer might have where they have a phone interview and maybe some other things to determine is this worth meeting in person. But, yeah, I think online dating is a great tool. Um, naturally, the stories you're going to hear in the media are not going to be the everyday normal stories. They're going to be the nightmare stories. Sure. So what should you be uh what should people be aware of or cautious of when uh, doing this search online? Well, I try to 
get people to avoid any long distance uh, online relationships. Um, Anything that, that involves Western Union is out, right? Right. If somebody <laughs> says, hey, I want to come out and see you, but I lost my visa or my passport. Can you uh, send me some money? <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... That's a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> that was my next question. So I guess you're not going to fly me out to Chicago. Right. Um, all right. So... <laughs> so in those instances, I, there are sites, you know, like you can use Skype or Google Hangouts and have visual the person while you're communicating. Because some people have been known to create fake profiles. Maybe they'll grab a model's picture and just create a whole fake profile. And you may be aware of a show called uh, The Catfish on MTV. Uh And most of the time, these people have been in relationship for months or even a year, and they've never met each other face-to-face. And the first thing uh, the host does is get them online and you know, have a conversation with Skype and so forth. And sometimes a guy will find out the other person was a guy or. Yeah. So there's a lot of strange things going on out there, but you can actually cut that down by having something like Skype or Google Hangouts where you're talking face to face over the computer. All right. So, uh, Kevin, author of My Cat Won't Bark, uh, Relationship Epiphany. If you're heading out into the real world and you're going to go out, where where is a, a good place? Is, is the bar a good place or, or where's a good place to go and, and, and try to find a relationship or open yourself up to opportunities? Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on uh, the age of the person as well. I mean, when you're younger, um, it's, it can be fun going to nightclubs and so forth. Uh, when you get older, um, outside of the online, there's something called meetup.com. And it's not a, a dating website or anything like that. It's for people who have particular interests. Maybe you're into photography, uh, yoga, hiking, meditation, whatever. And there's thousands of these groups and you just, join a few of those. They usually have a meeting once a month, and then it's a good way to meet people on a regular basis, and that gives you time to uh, get to know somebody and then potentially date them. I mean, there's no guarantee they're all going to be single or anything, but it's a better way than maybe just doing online dating for somebody who's reluctant to go that route. Sure. Uh, another aspect is, I mean, there's always still friends and family, although... I tend to shy away from that approach because if something doesn't work out, you're still going to have to deal with that family member or, <laughs> or friends. So sure. They're usually not the best matchmakers. So uh, tell me more about uh, the website you have. It's lovealert911.com. What's that all about and what are people going to find when they go there? Uh, when they go to that website, they'll find out a little more information about myself as well as the book. Uh, there's usually events, uh, upcoming events, things like that. And then also there's several articles I've written on various uh, stages of relationship, like there's an article on um, long-distance relationships. Uh, there's an article for – there's a couple on online dating. And so they just get a variety of information there. All right, because I was bouncing through there and I saw makeup sex on one of the tabs and you had my attention. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that's something that I and that 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 article has a little humor infused in it because <laughs> I'm one of those people that if I'm really upset, uh, the last thing on my mind is having sex. So. <laughs> oh, so but so, I've been told it happens for a lot of people. <laughs> Hey, we can, we can hope, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. So, um, how can people get a hold of you beside, and, and is that, is that the best place there at the website? And again, what is it? Uh, lovealert911.com. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the best way to email me through that site or get a hold of me. Uh, the book itself is available through amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com. And any bookstore, actually, if they don't have it on the shelf, they can order for a customer as well. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for taking a little bit of time and uh, uh, having a little chat about relationships. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) All right. You have a great day. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Animal Talk, helping you with your pets, talking about what your animals do to you and you do to them, and our producers are are just running for the hills. But uh, it's Bill Lambeer. All over again. If you're a follower of the show, you you know that inside joke. Yeah, Bill. We had uh, Bill Lambeer, uh all excited. Uh, he's a bad boy from the '90s Detroit basketball, and uh, super excited to talk to him and got him on the air. And uh, it was not that Bill Lambeer. It was another Bill Lambeer, but it was about an amazing adventure down the Amazon. Uh, so that's one to dig through the archives and find uh, Bill Lambeer's adventure down the Amazon. It's truly an amazing thing. Get to talk to some really interesting people who are doing some amazing, interesting things in the world and meaningful things uh, and not just being silly on a microphone. They're out there and, and, and making a difference and putting their lives on the line. Uh, Whale Wars, uh, an amazing show and just uh, a really just uh, a dedicated group of activists out there keeping animals safe. And we've had the opportunity to talk to several of the peoples involved uh, when that project was on the air and, and talking to the captain and uh, who else was there it was Paul uh, Hammerstadt and uh, Fiona and uh, Andrea, Andrea Gordon. We haven't uh, replayed this one since we talked to Andrea initially and she was with Whale Wars. So let's go back and visit with Andrea Gordon. More than just a, a three-hour tour, and it's a little loftier goal as well. Setting sail is uh, the Bob Barker, all part of Whale Wars on the Animal Planet. And uh, with us, Andrea Gordon. Andrea, welcome to Animal Talk. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, you are, uh, in the, in this new season uh, of Whale Wars, uh, aboard the, the Bob Barker, and you guys are out there fighting the good fight and trying to save some whales? That's right, and we did save whales this past year. We actually just had our most successful campaign so far, and we saved 528 whales this past season. Oh, that's phenomenal. And we were talking to a couple of your shipmates, and it, mm-hmm. it really is uh, it's, it's amazing that uh, just uh, the, the whales, it's, it's high stakes because, I mean, they can get like a million dollars for some of these whales. It is high stakes, and it's, you know, it's, it's not just life or death for these individual whales, but it's also the preservation of these species for future generations. So on the Bob Barker, uh, through a very mm-hmm. generous uh, donation from uh, yeah. Bob, you named a boat after him, uh, what is your position on, on the Bob Barker? What do you do? Well, I'm actually on board the Bob Barker right now in Hobart, Australia, and I re- decided to give up my job as a criminal defense lawyer in New York City 
and stay on full-time with the ship. So I'm right now the ship manager for the Bob Barker. Okay, so you're the ship manager. What does a ship manager, what do you do? <laughs> um, basically, I help coordinate, so I just kind of help make sure that everything runs smoothly and that all the our hardworking crew has everything they need to get ready for the next campaign, which is Operation No Compromise. Excellent. Yeah. So, how did you get how did you get pulled into, and how did you become part of uh, the the Sea Shepherd crew and part of, uh, of the Whale Wars and a member of the Bob Barker? Well, I'd originally heard about Sea Shepherd back in two thousand two in a in a magazine article I read, and I was just so impressed with what I found out about Sea Shepherd about Sea Shepherd's track record for actually saving marine animals and just not compromising in what Sea Shepherd was going to do to protect these animals as long as it was within the law, uh, combined with, I think, just the just the fact that Sea Shepherd was so ran off public donations, and I was just very impressed with how far Sea Shepherd made donations go, because all the, all the crews volunteer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's always handy to have an attorney around. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> Oh, so uh, what? What was your what was your inspiration uh, getting in there? Was it just that article, or are you just uh, an animal advocate? Right, I've I've always loved animals, but then I actually first joined Sea Shepherd back in two thousand five to help save the baby harp seals from oh. being from being slaughtered in Canada, and and this past year I've just been on sabbatical for my job as a public defender. But to me, I mean, being a public defender was about saving lives and going down. And saving whales is also about saving lives and really just protecting those who who cannot help themselves. All right, so, so th- it actually wasn't such a big stretch for me. <laughs> on this season of Whale Wars, uh, when whale well, when does uh, the show air on the Animal Planet? Whale Wars is airing every Friday night at nine p.m. on Animal Planet this summer. Okay, and, and yeah, mm-hmm. and and. and what what is something that uh, you know? If we watch a season of Whale Wars, what is something that we're not going to see that you're like, oh, too bad the cameras weren't rolling, or thank goodness the cameras weren't rolling? <laughs> well, Whale Wars actually, we had cameras rolling 24 hours a day, so so the Animal Planet crew actually just documented really everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually not really sure what's what's going to make it on the show and what's not. I know I know the whole Eddie Gill incident is still coming up where the whalers deliberately. Rammed and sunk the ship and almost killed the six crew. Yeah, that's uh, that's that is truly amazing. So you guys, it's almost a, it's a small fleet of you guys out there. There's three boats uh, teamed up trying to do this good work. Mm-hmm. There there were three boats, and that was actually the first time that we had three ships down there. Um, unfortunately, we came back with two, yeah. <laughs> not three. But um, but just I mean, I think it's just such a testament to the fact that people are really caring about whales and and what's going on in the world that we're actually being able to have ships down there at all. Yeah. Because, you know, before Sea Shepherd, there was never ships out to protect whales. Ships were always killing whales, not protecting them. And so the Bob Barker, interestingly enough, is actually a former Norwegian whaling vessel. Oh, wow. Yeah. So so to, to have a ship that you know, used to kill whales, and then we've turned it around, and we're used to able to help save over 500 whales. It's just, just an absolute delight. It's 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 almost ironic. That is uh, that that <laughs> is, is uh, maybe they probably weren't. Uh, whoever sold it off probably wasn't quite expecting you to uh, <laughs> sabotage uh, the industry. But uh, again, it's an industry that uh, needs some uh, sabotaging. So. Um, <laughs> 
my, well, one of my questions was, will you sail again? And apparently, since you're in Australia right now working on the Bob Barker, the answer to that is 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 yes. So what is your, your next tour of duty on the Bob Barker? What's, what's next for you there? Our next tour of duty will be Operation Com- No Compromise, and that's going to be our seventh Antarctic whale defense campaign. And that's actually uh, named in response to the International Whaling Commission to their recent meeting. And many countries were talking about compromising on the life of whales, and Sea Shepherd said that we're absolutely not going to compromise and that we're going to go down and protect them regardless of what the Whaling Commission decided. Oh, wow. So, and again, it, it falls into these fuzzy areas of, of whose domain is it uh, and, and who's, who's ruling it and jurisdictions, and so you guys just kind of stand up and say, guess what, it's ours now? <laughs> No, no, actually, this, this is actually a whale sanctuary, and it's the, the whaling is legal on two different levels. First of all, because it's commercial whaling, okay. and commercial whaling was banned in 1986, and second of all, because it's a whale sanctuary. Who, so who? Sea Shepherd's actually going down as a law enforcement organization to protect the whales. Well, that was my question. Who's, whose mm-hmm. jurisdiction is it, <laughs> and, and so under what auspices is uh, the she, she, Sea Shepherd? That's easy to say. Uh, <laughs> what, under, under what auspices is uh, the Sea Shepherd working uh, to, to be the law enforcement arm there? Sea Shepherd works under the United Nations World Charter for Nature. Okay. And, you know, actually, we, we wish the government you know, and especially Australia's government, other governments would step in and come down and actually, you know, and send the whalers home. Mm-hmm. We wish that we didn't have to go down there every year and that the governments would actually take action. But, you know, so far they haven't been willing to do that. So Sea Shepherd will continue to go down to the whale sanctuary and protect the whales. All right. So Andrea Gordon, uh, part of the, the crew of the Bob Barker Animal Planet's Whale Wars Fridays at 9 o'clock. Uh, Andrea, what, what else, what other projects uh, are you involved in? What other things do you do besides uh, things with the Bob Barker and the Sea Shepherd crew? Well, outside of Sea Shepherd, I'm actually helping to start the first animal hospital in the Galapagos Islands. With Interestingly enough, there's actually another crew member from Sea Shepherd, Todd Emko. So we started Darwin Animal Doctors. Okay, and so what's that? What's the goal of Darwin's Animal Doctors? Darwin Animal Doctors, we are the first animal hospital, essentially, in the Galapagos Islands. So we're providing much-needed veterinary care to animals in the Galapagos. Okay, are there? Because that was an in, very interesting place uh, for interesting species and unique species. Are there any species there that uh, are are in danger that you guys are trying to help out? There's many species that are endangered in the Galapagos, and actually Sea Shepherd has a field office there, because Galapagos is a World Heritage Site, and it was designated a couple years ago a World Heritage Site in danger, because so many animals are threatened, and there's there's a lot of unsustainable tourism there every year. Mm. So is that part of what uh, the Darwin Animal Doctors are going to be doing, is trying to help preserve uh, what's there so far? Yes, yes, we we're helping we're helping both domestic animals, so dogs and cats, and by doing so, we're also trying to maintain the balance of of endemic animals in the Galapagos. Okay, what, so what are some of the, the species that are there that are, are unique and interesting? Well, the the blue-footed booby. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's <laughs> just fun a, to say. <laughs> <laughs> which is a bird that a lot of people associate with the Galapagos, and it's a bird with these bright blue feet. Okay. And it does this really cute little comical dance. 
there's a lot of it's the Galapagos is a marine reserve, so actually, you know, commercial fishing is not allowed, and and that's one of the reasons that Sea Shepherd is in the Galapagos is to protect the marine species in the marine reserve. So there's the Galapagos shark, and a lot of animals come through the Galapagos even when they're migrating. But there's a lot of shark species, and the sharks are really, really threatened from shark finning, which is a practice where their fins are cut off while they're actually still alive and used to make shark fin soup. Oh, mercy sakes. Oh, that's frightening. So uh, there's lots of work to be done, Andrea. Um, how can people, if they're interested like you, if they have a passion for animals and a, and a passion for getting involved, how, how could they get involved or find out more about uh, what you guys are doing or get involved in, in Sea Shepherd in general? Yeah, well, the great thing about Sea Shepherd is wherever people are, there's a way that they can get involved in the way that they can help the oceans. And if people go to Sea Shepherd's website, which is just seashepherd.org, People can find out there's, you know, local chapters happening all over the world. There's there's offices outside the United States all over the world, and people can do things. We actually just started a Sea Shepherd chapter in New York City and had a beach cleanup where about 30 people showed up. And, you know, it's just – and it was just I was so inspired to see how many people wanted to get involved, help the oceans, help save marine life, and there's just always things people can do, you know, even little things for consumer habits such as, using reusable shopping bags and not using plastic water bottles and cutting down on trash. Well, excellent. All right, so seashepherd.org, uh, people can yeah. uh, get involved there and find out more, and then, uh, of course, keep in tune with uh, the whole Sea Shepherd uh, crew and, and your all your exploits and adventures and uh, the good stuff that you're doing. All right, Andrea, one goofy, qu- Andrea, I had one goofy question for you. Uh, mm-hmm. If it was a boy, I would ask him, uh, Marianne or Ginger. Uh, girls will ask uh, Professor Gilligan, which one? Which <laughs> Are you, would you have a would you have a crush on the professor or Gilligan? <laughs> the professor. Okay, right on. I told you it was a goofy question, Andrea. All right, Andrea Gordon, part of the uh, Whale Wars uh, going on the Animal Planet, uh, the Bob Barker crew down there fighting the good fight, and you can see it happening uh, Fridays at 9 on the Animal Planet, and then it, it reruns all the time, too. People can catch it all over the place. Andrea, thanks so much for uh, taking some time. Thanks so much. All right. Be well. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Some amazing people doing amazing things, and uh, appreciate them always uh, taking the time to check in with us. So uh, just tons of stuff in the uh, Animal Talk archives, doing the rewind, having a little bit of fun, and, well, of course, a little silliness. in the room The carpet's scared It knows it's doomed Cole is distending There's no pretending He's making poopy Those carpet stains They can't be pains Until he's drained He won't refrain From causing messes And causing stresses By making poopy Precious and cute too You call him something different When you're cleaning up your shoes My sister finds her pup too late Cause she refuses to use a crate I tried to warn her He's in the corner Making a 
about enough of that there you go just a little bit of fun some of the parody stuff that we do having fun uh, along the way and the, the good animal information and some interesting interviews hopefully thank you for being with us uh, for animal talk this week love having you with us love doing it make sure you like subscribe all that business animaltalkradio.com is the website animal talk radio on twitter and uh, all the socials facebook follow us there and uh as always, have an exotic week and kiss you out there.